Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go. Uh, wherever you are, wherever you're traveling, we're glad to have you tuning in with us. So this morning, we invite you to prepare your hearts uh, and minds for summer worship as we listen to our anthem. scripture today comes from Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide my family inheritance with me. But he said to him, friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take care, be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night of your life is being demanded of you, and the the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. 
Our scripture this morning carries on the themes of this chapter in Luke, in which Jesus shares a series of lessons and warnings on how to live amongst the temptations of hypocrisy, fear, worries, and selfishness. At this point of Christ's ministry, Jesus has received multiple requests from the crowds asking for all sorts of help. If you read the title of this scripture, the plot is spelled out for us pretty clear, the parable of the rich fool. This morning, Jesus shares an example of who not to become a greedy person. My son is two years old, and his daycare has taught him sign language from a very young age. Before he could even talk, he knew the sign for more. The sign looks like clapping your fingers together in a very fast repetition. Sure, the signing was helpful at times, but I'm sure a study will come out years from now about the implications of furthering the innate desire for more at such a young age. Now he's speaking, and he says to me, Mommy, Mommy, more, more, more. He particularly loves using the signing and his voice in tandem when he wants more raspberries, to put an emphasis on his desire for what he wants. With raspberries at roughly $7 a pint these days, I often say to him, Landon, are you full? Do you really need more? Haven't you had enough? To which he often proceeds signing for more. Just like Landon and the man looking for his share of inheritance in this story, I think we can all agree we often want more of something. What is it that you want more of right now? Is it more money? A bigger house? Maybe it's more time off or more work from home days. For our teens, maybe it's the latest iPhone or sneakers that just hit the market. And even down to the youngest tots, as we see in the example of my son, there's often a longing for more of something. It's human nature to want more this and more of that. I've too been wrestling this, with this a bit, as I often find myself yearning for things in this life. I'm not saying all of these things are terrible things to hope for and work toward, certainly not. But when we have all the more we wanted last week, month, or year, what do we do with it? Truly, when we have all the more we wanted, how do we feel? Are we satisfied? I don't think so. When we get the raise, finally win the bidding war on the bigger house, or land the job with greater flexibility, are we content? Or do we just naturally begin to search for the next of the best thing? Jesus tells us of the man who had such an abundance of crops, food, grain, and resources that he had no place to put them. In true Luke fashion, we are invited into the man's innermost thoughts, a conversation with oneself, so to speak. During this conversation, I counted. This man uses I or my language eight times within three sentences, which should tell us something about his thought process and character. I would suggest that this man is a bit self-serving and perhaps a bit self-centered. He has everything he could ever need, and instead of deciding to share what doesn't fit in his current barns, he says, let me knock them down and get more space. I need more. I need more room to hold my possessions. A few months ago, I began to plan our next youth mission trip while simultaneously reading this scripture. This parable reminded me of a real-life example of a man and woman who had, quote-unquote, it all. 
who had an abundance of everything. The couple was Millard and Linda Fuller. Has anyone ever heard of them? When their 13-room house wasn't enough space, this couple bought a 20-acre lot in Montgomery to build their dream home. They sound quite similar to the man in this parable. Millard was a self-made millionaire at a surprisingly young age of 29. Despite his financial success, his marriage to his beloved wife and his relationships with his children fell apart because his various venture projects consumed all of his time. Linda, despite having every material thing money could buy, including horses, cattle, a second home, and even two speedboats, was not satisfied. Having more possessions for Linda didn't make her feel whole, complete, or happy. Millard and Linda had lost themselves and almost their marriage in all they had gained. The couple decided to recommit themselves to each other and God after hitting rock bottom. The two, unlike the man in the parable, decided to give away all of their possessions, everything. Instead of continuing down the path of consumerism, they began to operate their lives on the theology of enough, basically living so their needs were met and anything beyond that was given to others. Their new path brought them to Koinia Farm, a Christian living community run by an old friend who was dismissed from the church for his advocacy in welcoming African-Americans to the church community. Those who lived at this farm seek to live out the kingdom of God on earth. It was a diverse community with shared daily meals and community-oriented work. It was there that they began to find themselves again. While their physical resources had been given away, the resources and gifts of their minds and hearts were ready to be shared with God. Their journey on a simpler life continued and brought them to call an established partnership housing. God brought them to Zaire, and with a small grant from the United Church of Christ, which is our denomination here in the U.S., there they began as missionaries, and they were able to help transform a community. Homes were built, and homeowners or partners were offered a zero-interest loan. This zero-interest loan and partnership model became the model of the nonprofit they founded, Habitat for Humanity International. Like the man in this parable, God said to them in their darkest moments, You fools, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? In the case of Millard and Linda Fuller, what they prepared and then shared became four walls and a roof for family meals to be had, warm bedrooms that stories have been read in, and living rooms in which board games are played. Whose will they be? Since their founding in 1976, Habitat has helped more than 39 million people build or improve the place they call home. Their lives, work, and possessions are held with the 39 million and counting of God's children who have their most basic need of shelter met. While you may have not known Millard and Linda Fuller when I asked a few minutes ago, you do now know the story and their story of the foundation of how Habitat was built. Their story gives one vibrant, bold, and powerful example of what can happen if we direct our attention away from the desires of material goods and instead direct our minds and hearts toward God. Linda and Miller took this parable to heart and thoughtfully lived out their faith. 
beyond the number of individuals who have received God's love through their organization, so too a countless number of volunteers have been inspired to follow to extend their resources, to extend their time and their talents to build homes. Two weeks ago, 15 of our youth served in Wilmington, North Carolina on our June Quest trip. Many of you may have received a mission sponsor letter detailing of their transformative experience working with Habitat. As our youth worked tirelessly to completely gut the home of a single elderly woman named Laverne, I was reminded of the power of God's love. Laverne, who had been living in a molded home for four years since Hurricane Florence, is one of the many people in our world whose most basic human needs are not met. I saw the abundance of what Millard and Linda first shared so many years ago in action through our youth. In the evenings, as our YG fish sang their favorite worship song, set a fire and belted out the words, I want more of you, God. I want more. I want more. I thought about my little Landon asking for more and what it is I want to raise him to want more of. I thought, how can I, how can we be an example of sharing what we have in abundance? Do I really need that material good I want right now? No, I don't think I do. What I need, and I'd say Jesus is suggesting we all need, are less goods and more God. Jesus warns us in this parable that you can be lost and consumed by your possessions. The one who stores up and does not share is not rich toward God. Earlier I asked you what it is that you want more of now. For some of you, you may have thought of a physical thing. And others, perhaps you did think of asking for a relationship with God, and good for you. Yet we've all had moments where we want something. Instead of storing up treasures or hitting buy now with one click on that Amazon app, perhaps we instead pause and think, how? How can I be rich toward God? I am not suggesting you have to rid yourself of everything you own, as Millard and Linda did. But I do know we can all look to their example of giving of themselves to something more instead of wanting something more. Can we give more to the relationships in our lives? Can we give more of our time to our church community? Can we find an organization with great needs and work to meet them? Instead of just wanting more and more, how will you give more, more, more to God? Amen. Gracious God, help us to want fewer earthly goods and share what it is we have in abundance with those whose needs are greater than ours. Help us to want more from our relationship with you and guide us to be giving, not greedy, to be a servant, not selfish. Let us be satisfied with what it is we have And may you instill a desire within us to want more of you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website 
www.godsacre.org or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.